Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. There's something you probably don't know about me. I have a huge, thick, gargantuan neck. When I wear something with a rounded collar, my face doubles in width and takes on a moon-like glow. Ever since I noticed this amazing propensity of necklines to change the proportions of my face, I've avoided athletic t-shirts and turtlenecks because they just make me look fat. On the other hand, my legs resemble those of a chicken's. I remember reading an article in Glamour magazine back in the 80s where the authors detailed how to measure your legs and see if they had perfect proportions. Mine came pretty close, according to my measuring tape and my best friend, who envied my lanky legs and my comely calves. But you have a nice neck and a tiny waist, I pointed out. My theory was that women have either a waist or nice ankles, but very few have both. Later that same year, my friend confessed that she'd stopped at a bakery and purchased a dozen chocolate chip cookies and eaten the entire box. I shrugged. That sounds good, I said, although I can't imagine eating 12 cookies. It wasn't until years later, my friend confessed to me she struggled with bulimia. Her tiny waist came at a great cost to her mental and physical health. Food has played a sinister role in my life as well. I discovered its self-medicating properties when the world seemed scary. During Pedro's first bout with cancer, he dropped to 130 pounds, five pounds less than my pre-pregnancy weight, and I blossomed to 190, his pre-cancer weight. The only known photo of me during this time is on my school ID card. I couldn't avoid having my photo taken. My neck looks even larger than normal, but I consoled myself that my calves and ankles still looked pretty good. Two years before my 40th birthday, I decided I didn't want to be a fair, fat, and 40 statistic and end up with gallbladder problems. I wanted to have energy to keep up with my almost teenage daughters. Maybe they would even take pride in their mommy. I went on a low-carb diet, and over the course of 10 months, I slowly returned to my pre-pregnancy weight, but the negative thoughts about my weight remained. In fact, I hate having my photo taken because I want to live up to my ideal image of what I should look like. All too often, the photos others take don't meet my expectations. Don't get me wrong. I don't spend hours in front of the mirror putting on makeup. I got too lazy to wear that stuff about 15 years ago. My daily hair routine involves running my fingers through my hair. That's it. I have no feelings about my looks unless someone snaps a photo that I deem horrible. It's possible I've asked my children to erase photos of me that they took on their phones. My struggle with food didn't end with my initial weight loss, though. I will never have the metabolism of a hummingbird. Food will always sound the siren call of comfort when I feel stress and pressure building in my life. About eight years ago, I realized I had slowly gained back 20 of the 55 pounds I had worked so hard to lose. I decided I needed accountability. And so I've tried everything from Fitbits to Apple Watch, my insurance company's incentive plan, and they all work great. 
keep me accountable. I also used Noom for several years, and that probably did the most to help me understand some of the distortions that were preventing me from making progress. In fact, a book by Dr. David Burns, author of Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, taught me a lot about faulty thinking and how it can prevent you from living your best life. I'm going to share with you 10 distortions that I learned about while reading his book. These distortions were also highlighted in the Noom program, and together they really helped me understand how thought distortions can really mess with reality. So here they are. 10 thought distortions as found in Dr. Burns' One All-or-Nothing Thinking. For example, because my neck looks thick, I must be fat. 2. Overgeneralization. Because I'm unhealthy now and struggle to make good food choices, I will always be unhealthy. I fell into that trap for years. 3. Mental filter. I feel horrible when I'm overweight, and I'll never feel differently. I believe that one, too. 4. Disqualifying the positive. I lose 5 pounds and think I'll gain it back because it's impossible to maintain weight loss. I've struggled with this one most of my life. 5. Jumping to conclusions. If I choose to eat ice cream, I'll weigh 10 pounds more in the morning. Now, there's no way eating one ice cream cone is going to make me weigh 10 pounds more in the morning, but I often jump to conclusions. 6. Magnification and minimalization. I magnify my faults and minimize my strengths which is something really sad, something that Christians shouldn't do because we know God loves us just the way we are and he will give us strength to make improvements in our lives. When we focus on ourselves and what we can do, we tend to forget that our power comes from God, not from ourselves. 7. Emotional reasoning. I feel fat and frumpy, therefore I am fat and frumpy. That's an easy one to fall into. We are not our emotions. Number eight, should statements. I try to motivate myself by telling myself I should eat more healthy food and I should stop eating sweets. I end up feeling pressured and resentful because of all the things I should do. Number nine, labeling and mislabeling. I'm not photogenic and I always look fat in photos. This is an extreme form of overgeneralization. Number 10, personalization. Something bad happens and you assume responsibility for it, even though there is no basis for doing so. The event happened to other people you don't even know, but you feel as if you could have done something to prevent it. This is kind of a tricky one and can really mess with our emotion because if we take on the guilt of the world, then it's easy to justify making poor choices for our health. The funny thing about all those thought distortions is I've used them, all of them, in my life. And they're difficult to escape unless you can recognize them and see how they actually are a distortion. What got me started on the right track to recognizing my faulty thinking wasn't just reading the book by Dr. David Burns. It was coming to the realization that my neck and my calves are actually the same measurement. All these years, I thought of my calves as being slim and lovely and my neck as being thick and ugly, but they are the exact same size. How crazy is that? The possibility that the two areas shared a circumference never occurred to me. I passed judgment on my calves and ankles years ago and consoled myself about my giant neck and thick waist 
by putting down other women's kinkles. So how can we overcome these thought distortions and change our faulty thinking into better thinking? Here are three hacks that I've learned. Hack number one, I remember who I belong to. God, not the devil. God created me and knit me together in my mother's womb. Even though I make mistakes and poor choices, he knows me inside and out and knows how best to help me. I don't have to journey alone. Hack number two, because God is my creator, I don't have to conform to the world, including the world's ridiculous notions of fashion and health and the size of one's calves. The goal is learning how to make better decisions and choices that will enhance my own health and thus make my life better. And hack number three, I've learned to celebrate forward movement without beating myself up over my mistakes. God doesn't beat us up when we make mistakes. So what right do we have to beat ourselves up? So don't forget the three hacks for overcoming cognitive distortions or faulty thinking. Hack number one, remember who you belong to. Hack number two, don't conform to the world. And hack number three, celebrate forward movement and don't beat yourself up over your mistakes. Come back next week when I talk about being brave. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.